BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the Tom Hartman Program. How much money is worth killing 212,000 Americans in a single year? This is just this remarkable study. Bernie Sanders and Lindsey Graham had a debate. This was on one of the Fox kind of sub-channels. Bernie just, in my opinion, and out of a number of other people, kind of laid waste to Lindsey Graham. Let me just share, and by the way, for some reason, these clips were flagged by Twitter as being potentially, yeah, the following media includes potentially sensitive content. Nate said he had to log in and prove that he was over 18 to see it. So here's, here's what Twitter says, you can't, you can't see or hear unless you're over 18. What you don't hear him talking about are in fact the most important issues facing this country. That's what the establishment does. And Lindsay is a very good and effective representative of the establishment. Does Lindsay have a concern that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people? That some 60,000 people a year die because they don't get to a doctor on time? I didn't, I didn't hear much about that in that opening statement. Does Lindsay care that we have the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs and that the pharmaceutical industry right now has 1,500 paid lobbyists in Washington, D.C. to make sure that in some cases we pay 10 times more? for the medicine that we need? Did Lindsay talk about the fact that we have in South Carolina and all over this country, tens of millions of workers working for starvation wages? Did he talk about a corrupt political system in which billionaires today can start a super PAC? And I guess you have some familiarity with super PACs. They help fund your campaign. Who can spend unlimited amounts of money to elect candidates. You have the absurd situation where super PACs frequently spend more money than the candidates themselves. I didn't hear Lindsay talk about the crisis of climate change or the reality that scientists are telling us. It's not Bernie Sanders, Lindsay. This is what the best scientists in the world are telling us. We don't get our act together. The planet we're going to be leaving our kids and future generations will become increasingly uninhabitable. Talking about great cities like Charleston, South Carolina, you're aware of that. Neighborhoods flooding. There are people who are thinking that not only Charleston, but Miami, New York City will be half underwater by the end of the century. You got to talk about that. You got to talk about income and wealth inequality. Do you have a concern that two people own more wealth than the bottom 40? Do you have a concern in terms of corporate concentration of ownership? You got three Wall Street firms now, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, 
who control $20 trillion in assets. They control hundreds and hundreds of corporations throughout this country. Bottom line is we are moving toward oligarchy. And if we don't stand up and say that we need a government that represents working people and the middle class, I worry very much about the future of this country. And I hope you'll speak to some of those issues. Right. Uh, Lindsey Graham debating Bernie Sanders over on Fox News. Brett Baer moderated this thing. It's absolutely fascinating. You can find it. It's from Fox Nation. You can find it over on Fox's website, also on Twitter. There's another clip here where Bernie rips into uh, Lindsey Graham around climate change and the, uh, well, basically the big oil companies. I mean, <laughs> Lindsey is like, oh, yeah, Joe Biden, we got this terrible inflation. Oh, yeah, well, let's talk about gas prices, Lindsey. And Bernie pointed out that there's a very simple reason for why the United States is the only developed country in the world that pours twice as much money every year into health care, over a trillion dollars more than anybody else, and gets actually worse outcome for it. Why the United States is the only developed country in the world where a half a million people go bankrupt every year, their families are devastated because, just because somebody got sick through no fault of their own. We are the only country in the world where you've got a bloated insurance industry sucking the blood, the monetary blood out of our, out of our bloodstream like a giant tick on our backs. We're the only industry in the world, we're the only country in the world where pharmaceutical prices are as much as 10 times here what they are in, for example, Canada. And why is that? Because the Supreme Court legalized bribery. And we've got just an absolutely mind-boggling amount of money floating around here. This new study, first of all, Open Secrets just said that the amount that the healthcare industry spent bribing Congress last year, just in 2021, was 600, and this is just the health industry, just the big pharma, big hospital, big health, big health insurance, $689,466,798. It's breathtaking. And how much money did they extract from us that, that was basically theft from the American people? Well, in the year 2020, it was $543 billion. And, and this is, you know, what is just so breathtaking. This is a study that was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. This is a peer-reviewed journal. You don't get more prestigious than having your work if you're a group of scientists who have done a good study, and that's what we have here, you don't get, it doesn't get better than being published in PNAS, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. I'm quoting from the abstract to the study, quote, we estimated that a single-payer universal health care system would have saved about 212,000 lives in 2020 alone. We also calculated that U.S. $105.6 billion of medical expenses associated with COVID-19 hospitalization could have been averted by a single-payer universal health care system over the course of the pandemic. Economic benefits are in addition to $438 billion expected to be saved by single-payer universal health care during a non-pandemic year. Now, Lindsey Graham, in his debate with Bernie Sanders, was, was going, well, you know, that's socialism. Medicare, Medicare for all that. Socialism. We don't want socialism in America. We got better, better things to do. Right. That's nonsense. And Lindsey Graham knows it's nonsense. It, it, what, what's going on here is that he's been bribed. 
as has every single Republican in the U.S. House and the United States Senate. They're, they're all on the take from the healthcare industry and from right-wing billionaires who believe that governments offering healthcare is socialism because they don't want their taxes to go up to pay for it. It's very simple. Greedy billionaires and giant corporations are pouring money down the throat of these politicians to the tune of about seven last year, just in healthcare alone, $700 million. And all because five corrupt Republicans on the U.S. Supreme Court said repeatedly that money is the same thing as speech and therefore it is protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution and the corporations are the same thing as people and therefore they're protected by the Bill of Rights, which is so wrong. I mean, Jimmy Carter tried to do a single-payer national health care system he did in April of 1976 when he was a candidate for president. He rolled this thing out. It never happened. He couldn't overcome the opposition, obviously, in the Republican Party and a lot of opposition in the Democratic Party from Democrats at that time who had been bought off. The same thing happened with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton tried to do this in 1993. Hillary Clinton was in charge of the task force to put it together. It died on the vine. Again, because of united opposition, because, you know, hey, if you're going to spend almost a billion dollars a year lobbying to protect your hundred billion dollars a year plus in profits, this is how it plays out. Barack Obama campaigned on single payer health care. And, you know, what did we get? We got Obamacare. Obamacare at least was going to have a public option. Anybody could buy into Medicare until the until the uh, the, the you know, big health insurance industry handed $1,182,070 to Joe Lieberman. And Joe Lieberman, say, you know, betrayed the Democrats. He was, he was the Joe Manchin of that era. And thus we got, you know, an Affordable Care Act that basically is a giant trillion-dollar subsidy for the health insurance industry and Big Pharma. Our health care system has let over 200,000 Americans die just in 2020 just in 2020, and just to preserve its profits. And it handed a, a little tiny share of those profits over to the politicians to keep things this way. This is a broken system. We have to overturn Citizens United. We have to reclaim our sovereignty as a nation. This is, uh, you know, as just absolutely as bad as it gets. I, I don't know how to say it beyond that. If Americans don't know what's going on, we got to do something about this. For one, we need to wake people up. The word bribe is not used anywhere near enough in American politics because nobody wants to point it out, right? Let's start being truth tellers. Let's start talking about the bribery of politicians. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And how that bribery of our politicians is causing literally hundreds of thousands of Americans to die every year, not to mention bankruptcies and everything else. There was a hearing last week in the United States Senate Budget Committee. This is Senator Sanders is the uh, chair of that committee. And he and a few of his colleagues introduced a piece of legislation that came out of this. And Alex Lawson, our friend who is the executive director of Social Security Works, testified, as did Nancy Altman, who also works with Social Security Works. Alex is on the line with us. SocialSecurityWorks.org or StrengthenSocialSecurity.org are the websites. Uh, SS Works or A Law 202 
are the uh, Twitter handles. Alex, welcome back to the program. So tell us about your testimony last week. It was a really great hearing that Senator Sanders called and introduced a piece of legislation that really just put the Republicans on uh, their heels because it's just being honest. What is the Republicans' plan for Social Security? It's to cut benefits. Um, my job was to just go through each of the members uh, of the Budget Committee, Republican mem member, and detail their plan to cut Social Security, which made them incredibly uncomfortable. Mitt Romney was furious at me for having the audacity to just state uh, what it is that he's trying to do. Uh, so what, what is it that he's trying to do that he got so upset with you about? So create a smoky back room where they can uh, figure out exactly how to rob us of our earned benefits. I mean, you know, Tom, you've, you've seen this before. The BS Commission was the last one. This one's called the Trust Act uh, in an Orwellian fashion. You know, what they want to do is take it out of the sunlight, out of regular order, uh, put it behind closed doors so the American people uh, don't have a say uh, in what comes out of it because they know if the American people have a say in it, uh, they're like, no, absolutely not. Do not cut my benefits. Uh, actually, we should have rich people pay more into the system and then we can expand benefits, which is the other half of the hearing uh, that Nancy Altman actually was more uh, focused on. We we're sort of good cop, bad cop in a way. Uh, and and the bill that uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, Elizabeth Warren co-led in the introduction that increases Social Security benefits $200 a month for everybody, um, as well as some other uh, in benefit increases, uh, especially some targeted at poorer Americans. Uh, and all of it is paid for by just having millionaires and billionaires pay the same rate into Social Security on all of their income. Uh, it doesn't raise a penny of revenue on anyone making under $250,000 a year. So it increases benefits for everyone. It's paid for uh, by the wealthy. And it can it puts in Social Security parlance, it puts it in solvency for 75 years, which just means that it can pay those increased benefits with this revenue uh, almost into the next century to uh, 75 years out from today, Tom. So that's the Democrats plan. Expand Social Security. Uh, um, Lindsey Graham is the ranking member of that committee, and his plan is to just cut Social Security benefits by 21 percent, uh, call it raising the retirement age to 70. Uh, but it's just a benefit cut of 21 percent. And, you know, Rick Scott's plan is just to end it in five years. He calls it sunsetting. Right. Right. Is Rick Scott on that committee, too? He is. Uh, and Tom, he was actually the, the so Mitt Romney got really mad at me uh, and tried to fight with me in his time. Um, and I think I just told him that he needed to answer to the people who were overwhelmingly against cuts. Um, Lindsey Graham just was sort of like said that I was mean for telling the truth. Uh, Rick Scott just got in there and lied like I mean, he was actually scary in how good he did at just not being even slightly honest. He just went on the dais and was like, I didn't ever say I was going to cut Social Security benefits. And I'm like, I have it right here, man. You definitely said that it's part of your 11 point plan. It right. sunsets Social Security. Right. Right. Yeah, that, it's incredible. So apparently, I mean, just this common sense thing of having billionaires pay the same amount of their income in Social Security taxes that you and I do. Apparently, this is something that the Republicans are just never going to get behind. 
Yeah, I mean, they kept talking about bipartisan. Uh, and what they meant by that is cuts. If they have right. their way, they will do all of the work on Social Security on cutting benefits. Right. right. So it is true that if nothing is done in 2035, benefits will automatically go down by 23 percent. Uh, and that is a catastrophe. The only problem with Social Security is that right now benefits are too low. We can't let them be cut uh, by 23 percent if nothing is done. The problem is that the Republicans solution uh, to that is to cut benefits right now by more. Right. So that's right. not a solution. It's just the problem sooner. Uh, and the only people who have a solution are the Democrats who are working to expand Social Security. Uh, so I really do think that that hearing, you know, the mainstream media, for the most part, ignored it. We uh, they don't really like talking about uh, this difference between Republicans and Democrats. It was also a really busy news day, uh, as mm -hmm. you know, as you're talking about the January 6th coup attempt uh, and commission there. Uh, but, you know, we do know that we have to get the word out on Social Security. People have to understand that Rick Scott is the policy brain of the Republican Party right now. And his plan is to end Social Security. That's what's in at five stake years. here. Yeah. In yeah. five years. And Medicare, too, by the way. And Medicare, He also too. wants to end Medicare, although, you know, George W. Bush is, you know, half of Medicare is now privatized. So they're they're halfway there already. Alex Lawson, Executive Director, Social Security Works, StrengthenSocialSecurity.org, A-Law202, and SS Works on Twitter. Thank you, Alex. This Thanks, is the Tom Hartman Program. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. And with NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Pick up your phone calls in just a second, but first, this is the uh, the second little clip of Bernie Sanders uh, debating Lindsey Graham on Fox News this week about what the American people really want. Lindsey Graham talking about how Joe Biden's inflation and gas prices are at a record high, and here's Bernie. The major oil companies made $35 billion in profit in the first quarter of this year. 
And at the end of the year, it is estimated they're going to give $88 billion in stock buybacks to their wealthy shareholders. So I do think we have to do something about the outrageously high price of gas. I think the president should bring the major oil companies in and tell them we're going to have a windfall profits tax on what they're doing in order to stop them from ripping off the American people. You know, the last time that oil prices were at $118 a barrel, which is what they are right now, roughly speaking, average gasoline prices at the pump were $3.83, not over $5 a gallon. So I think in the midst of what is going on in this world, and that is the war in Ukraine and Russia oil and the stopping of oil, I think what the oil companies are doing is taking advantage of that situation and raising prices to an outrageous level, which is hurting the American working family. There you go. Keep it going, Bernie. Keep it going. Picking up your phone calls, Mike in Chicago. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Claire McCaskill last night when they were doing the recap on the uh, on the hearings, but she brought up a very valid point no one's talking about. Trump can get criminally prosecuted by the state for that fundraising grift for $250 million under the Consumer Protection Act. Right, and every and state has laws against this, so he could be prosecuted in all 50 states, actually. Yeah, and it made me think of there was a woman a couple of years back who was on a GoFundMe page who raised $30,000 supposedly for her child's open heart surgery and was sentenced to years in prison because there was no child with open heart surgery. So I'm like, $250 million, why isn't Trump in jail like today because of that? That's the thing, you know, it might be because you need people to actually press charges like Trump supporters aren't going to press charges against him apparently. This is where I would encourage anybody who has an elderly parent who has been draining their bank accounts into Donald Trump's. Uh, and I, you know, I've been on the receiving end of these uh, emails. They are they are clearly duplicitous. They're clearly uh, many of them clearly fraudulent, um, including his claims. Uh, he made repeated claims that he was going to fly somebody out for dinner with him. Uh, as best anybody can tell, that never happened. His claims that. Uh, you're, in fact, the, the email I got from him this morning was, it's Trump's birthday, uh, you know, uh, make a donation now and it'll be multiplied times 10 by a matching grant. Uh, oh. Yeah, you know, we've seen these over and over and over again and there's no match. So, you know, if I, if, if, if my parents are not alive any longer, but if they were, and if they had been sucked into this, then I would consider if I could, you know, b- b- convince them to go along with it, I would consider hiring a lawyer to try to sue on their behalf for fraud. Because there would have to be a class action lawsuit. The amount of people to raise $250 million, all you'd need is 20, 30 people. Oh, I, you don't want a ca- class action lawsuit. What you want are individual criminal, criminal actions. Um, you, oh, you, you yeah, want you're right. That's hundreds true. of people trying to put him in jail. And, and, you know, and this doesn't happen to have, have to happen at the federal level. This can happen at the level of every single individual state. And I'm wondering if state attorneys general are looking into this, too. I mean, this, this is a big deal. This is a quarter of a billion dollars. This is arguably the largest consumer fraud in the history of the United States. 
Yeah, and yeah, and I heard today that it, there doesn't have to be a referral. Merrick Garland can actually do the charges himself. There doesn't have to be a Senate hearing referral for criminal charges against Trump. That's correct. Yeah, and that, so, but that would be at the federal level. So you know, I think he, I think he's looking at federal liability. I think he's looking at state liability, and I think all the people involved with him, you know, from from when red on. I mean, the the people who who have been running these campaigns, who have been writing these emails, I think that they share liability as well. And and uh, you know, because this is just a massive criminal fraud. There's there's no other yeah, way. Yeah, it was all it. conspiracy. Anyone involved, it's part of a conspiracy. They should all be brought up on conspiracy charges. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Mike, thank you very much. Uh, well said, Matt in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. I just read, and I wish I had the citation, but uh, AARP apparently back in 2003 was a lead lobbying organization to establish Medicare Advantage, which kind of shocked me because I've been a member of AARP for all these years, and I thought it was a pretty good organization. And then the second point I had, which you probably already made, is under Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part C, the private insurers are allowed to keep 40% of what Medicare pays them as profit. So they only have to spend 60% of the money they get from Medicare on the medical care of that individual. It's, uh, again, it's shocking. Right. This is why they deny literally millions of claims every single year, uh, because every claim that they deny, and, and the vast majority of them are never challenged. Most people, when their claim gets turned down, don't go through the rather lengthy and tedious and difficult process of challenging it with the insurance company itself. And, and even fewer people go to the, like the state insurance commissioner or anything like that. I live in Minnesota where United Health is headquartered, the yeah. biggest uh, health insurer in the country. McGuire walked off, the former founder CEO walked off with $600 million when he left. Yep. They called him Dollar Bill McGuire. On several of, several of the things that they offer. So I'm kind of wondering whether ARP needs to have a come-to-Jesus moment. And, AARP know, started did. out as, well, actually, I don't know the origin story of AARP, but, but AARP got into bed with United Healthcare years ago. And this is selling insurance, selling, selling mostly uh, Medigap and now Medi Medicare Advantage policies, has been the bread and butter for AARP. I've been to the AARP headquarters in Washington, D.C. It's like a palace. I mean, you know, it's just amazing how much money these guys have got. And, and uh, they, they make this money selling insurance. AARP is yeah. just, you know, it's just a, it, it is an insurance selling front group, largely for United Healthcare. Although I believe they sell other insurance products, I, I may be wrong on that. I figured this out, geez, it must have been 20 years ago, because I was in my 50s when they started pitching at me, and, and I dug into it and, and figured out that basically this was just a group that was, yeah, the, you got some discount coupons for this and that, you know, for, bre for breakfast at Denny's or whatever. Basically, it was a company, it was an organization, a nonprofit organization, that was, you know, hustling insurance. That that that's yep. principally what they do. Matt, thanks yep. for the call. Mark in Sauk City, Wisconsin. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind? Yeah, thanks. Um, first off, you know, thanks for playing that Bernie clip. I mean, I, that's something that they should be playing in high school um, history classes or. No, oh, but uh, Twitter says if you're under 18, you can't see it. 
I didn't. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any curse words or anything no? like that. I just no? and it was. And if I could hear in in eleventh grade in history class, this, my history teacher talking about the peach blossoms dropping upon the bloody corpses of the men who died at Shiloh, I could certainly hear that. Yeah. Um, but the first reason I called in is we should look for a better word to use. Whether they've you know the um, Medicare scam switch, calling it successful rather than because successful implies that they're actually delivering something, or should imply that because they don't deliver. I see all these were inundated with ads every every commercial break you know on television with you know JJ Walker or Joe Namath or some other huckster you know, hu- you know hustling for these these insurance scams and it's just something that there needs to be an end to it. I oh, mean, it's that, killing uh, Medicare. Within a year or so, uh, and this might even be the year, fewer than half of Americans are going to be on traditional Medicare. And at that point, it'll be fairly easy for Congress to say, well, the American people have voted. They don't want Medicare anymore. We're just going to shift everything over to Medicare Advantage. And then we're all covered by these for-profit insurance companies. And we're all having our claims denied on a routine basis. Yeah, well, hogwash to that. I mean, I've got good insurance now coverage. Um, through some a benefit I got, you know, from working for the state of Wisconsin when I retired, and that'll last for another another few years. But I'm going to be going on Medicare next year, and you know, I'm glad to be doing it because I've been paying into it, I paid into it for my my working life, and yep. that uh, and it's a, a earned benefit, you know, that uh, Ron Johnson and uh, Rick Scott and all your, your other clan of criminals, they should all, you know, that be told that because I told tell that to Ryan Johnson every time I call him I say something about that say they're just hucksters and, and thieves I mean that uh, yeah no this is that's the GOP now Mark <laughs> you know they're, they're, they're shelling for the big companies and, and for the billionaires Mark thank you for the call Steve in Phoenix Arizona hey Steve what's on your mind today Yes, hello, Tom. Um, definitely want to address what Bernie said on the climate thing, but I want to also thank Joe Biden, our president, very courageous president. He was on TV this morning, and he brought up what Rick Scott, what his evil plan is yep. to, to destroy, attempt to destroy Medicare and Social Security. And that has to, every Democratic candidate needs to put that in and tell them what these people want to do to us, because it's not right and it's wrong. Um, what I also want to do is also thank Medicare and my Part G uh, supplement plan. They, uh, When I had my prostate cancer two years ago, they paid the whole inpatient bill, all the doctor bills, uh, and then I, you know, I broke my hip and my fe- or my femur a little bit, both. Um, this, this six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, and they paid my hospital bill, my uh, rehab hospital for a, a number of days, and they're paying my physical therapy right now. I don't see a bill, and I am so thankful for that because the medical expenses are the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country, and Med- and Medicare Advantage should be abolished. It should have never been allowed to get off the ground with, with President Bush. Yeah, now, with I would like to address what Bernie said also about climate change. Um, I have my bill, electric bill, in front of me right here. I pay this, this will be short, Tom. And it tells me what the average temperature in Metro Phoenix was in my area last year. It was 81 degrees. For the same month, this past month, this year, it's 89. That is a net increase of 8 degrees. Right. We have to do something about climate change immediately, you know. Yep. Um, oh, it's killing people. Much, but I've it's got killing to people all over the world. Thing. 
yeah, oh, it's terrible. Good Thank talking you. with you. Thank you. Frida in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Frida, what's on your mind today? Oh, hi, Tom. Say, I'm so glad that you are um, talking about Medicare Advantage again. Uh, I just wanted to make two um, quick points. One, from the perspective of a healthcare worker, um, and I, so I directly see what happens to these Medicare Advantage um, people who signed up for it. And the other is just the, the naming of Medicare Advantage, which I always and consistently call the Medicare Disadvantage Program. Um, so first, you made an excellent point. You know, you buy this product, and you don't get to use it, or you only get to use a little bit of it. And then all of a sudden, you're 89, you break your hip. I'm a physical therapist, and I work in multiple um, nursing homes. And so when I get these patients, it's such a critical juncture of their life, because if I don't get them strong and healthy and get their balance back, they're going to end up having to move to a nursing home or assisted living rather than going home. So it's like a super important juncture. So I evaluate the patient, and then in just a day or two, the uh, insurance company will want a summary, like, how is this patient doing? Are they progressing? And then a day later, they'll, they will deny more coverage, and we'll have to scramble and figure out, like, how to safely discharge this person home that can't really walk, has really bad balance, we have to help get off the toilet. And invariably, the denials are not coming from the people covered by Medicare, Medigap, Medicare supplement. It's the Medicare Disadvantage Program. Yeah, it has to be because regular Medicare doesn't have the ability to deny you services or claims. Yeah, so I mean, they're denying um, coverage really, really early, and it is um, so hard to send these patients home safely. So often, you know, they'll have to be rehospitalized or they'll fall again, and then we'll see we'll see them again. So it's very problematic from a physical therapist's point of view. Yeah. And then the naming the naming of them. Um, you know, it's very confusing. It must have been a lobbyist who went to Washington and say, we get to call Medi our private insurance Medicare, Medicare oh, yeah. C. Oh, yeah. It was it was a huge big deal. This was George Bush's idea or, you know, the people around him. George yeah, Bush. and they have all these names that you can't, like, it's hard to distinguish a Medicare, Medigap, Medi uh, Medicare supplement right. and a Medicare Advantage program by, by name. It's right. very, very confusing. So oh. the fact that call themselves Medicare C is just infuriating and it's confusing. Um, yep. So, yeah, I yep. love it when you talk about that because I don't think we can talk about it enough because most people, when I ask them if they're on Medicare Advantage, they do not know. They That's do right. not know. They think they terms. signed up for Medicare. They, they listen to the ads on TV and, oh, I signed up for Medicare Part C. I'm on Medicare, aren't I? No, you're not. Sorry. You're, you've got private health insurance and you're screwed. And by the way, if you're on Medicare Advantage for more than a year or two, when you try to go, if you try to go back to real Medicare and then get a Medigap coverage plan, the Medigap providers can now look at your medical history and say, uh, you know, we're not going to insure you. You've got pre-existing conditions. They can't legally do that when you first sign up when you're 65, no matter how sick you are. But they can do that later down the road if you've had Medicare Advantage. And, and, and these Advantage companies, one of the reasons that they do so many denials in the last three years of life is that's the most expensive part of life. They're trying to force people back onto Medicare. They're trying to get them off their books. They're, they're trying to piss them off. And, and sometimes they succeed, but, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a mess. Frida, thank you. Thank you for laying this all out. Ron in Columbia, Missouri. Hey, Ron, what's on your mind today? Tom, you talk often on your show about 
Medicare Advantage. But one thing that has apparently slipped down the memory hole about the way that bill got passed, because you never mention it, and I just want to remind you of it. Back in 2003, was it when when that bill was passed? Right. I think it was 2003. I think Denny Hastert was the speaker then. When that bill came up for a vote in the House of Representatives, it was actually narrowly defeated. But what happened was the speaker, the Republican speaker of the House, did not gavel the vote closed. Instead, he let it stay open technically while Republican operatives went around the floor of the House of Representatives twisting the arms of fence-sitting representatives. And the moment that the bill had actually, quote, passed, unquote, that was the moment when he gaveled the vote to a close. Wow. I, you know, I remember something like that happening. I didn't realize it was the Medicare legislation. I might be wrong about that. That did happen, but I'm, but I yeah. believe I'm pretty sure that was that bill. Yeah, it may well be yeah. that may way. Well be. That is yet another example of the way that Republicans cheat to get their way. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Thank you. And Thank I just you. wanted to remind you of that because when you talk about Medicare Advantage, I'd like for you to always reference the way they got that bill passed. I will. I will. I will double check the. You know that that's actually what happened, Ron. And if so, I will. Thank you very much for that. I, I really appreciate the tip. Sheila in Frankstown, Colorado. Hey, Sheila, what's on your mind today? Uh, I just want to address the Bernie speech compared to Biden's speech. Mm -hmm. I was watching Biden's speech, speech this morning, and it was good. But he just glossed over the gas, saying it was uh, Ukraine war, and that was it. Yeah. The way Bernie explained it was excellent, because I had no idea that's—I knew they were gouging. I know they gouge us, but— to explain that gas a few years ago was only $3.25, and they made the same huge profit right. anyway. The, when, when oil was also at $118 a barrel, yes. Yeah, yes. And I wish Biden would have put that in his speech, because that's what yeah. people are so angry about. Yeah. You know, it's I agree. just uh, the comparison in the speeches is unbelievable. I'm not putting Biden down. He made a good speech, but there's nobody like Bernie. I'll tell you that right now. That's yeah, and, so and, and some uh, some of the people who are around Bernie, uh, uh, Biden needs to pick up a couple of them. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, his, yeah. speechwriter. Because well, I would say Biden, Biden's speechwriters dropped the ball on that one. I mean, Bernie could do this stuff off the top of his head. He's a savant. Oh, yeah. Well, he's is very not. dedicated. Yeah. You know, he's down to yeah. earth, and yeah. that's what people like about him. He's not your typical politician. And Bernie, what's his name? Uh, Lindsey Graham stood mm. with his hands in his pocket, didn't know what to say. It was oh, great. I know, I know. It's I feel you... like a fool. And that's what Democrats should do. I wish they'd take some talking points. I Bernie. agree. You I know? agree. Yeah. Sheila, okay. thank you that's so much for the call. To say. Great I... to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and Biden is still, I mean, you know, he's been a stutterer his whole life. He's, uh, he, I, I think he's turned out to be a really good president. I have a lot of, I'm very happy that he's there, particularly compared to Trump. But, uh, you know, Bernie and knocking it out of the park. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? 
maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Sharon in Arlington, Texas. Hey, Sharon, what's on your mind today? Hi. Uh, well, I have a couple of things. Uh, as far as the managed care, I appreciate you getting out the word uh, that it is a scam. As far as uh, I had experiences with my mother and, you know, saying we can we do this and this and this for you. And then, oh, you don't have Medicare. We can't do that. Right, because you're, you're uh, stuck with an advantage you know, didn't plan. Get, didn't get the care I thought she needed. And my own under managed care. When in the Bush days, when we were all pushed pretty much into managed care, uh, but what I wanted to mention mostly is this visual that I have from the insurrection of the a group of protesters trying to replace the U.S. flag with the Trump flag. I haven't seen it on any of the playbacks. But it's really stuck with me, and I don't know if they actually did it or just were trying to. But is this one of the flags flying on the roof of the Capitol? Right. They were trying to to pull down the U.S. flag and put a Trump flag up, wow. and, and almost like a human ladder that they were trying. And I don't know if they actually managed to do it, but I remember them trying to do it. And that visual has just stuck with me, and I haven't seen it on any of the playbacks, but. Uh, I know I didn't imagine it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I believe you. The 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 other part is that there were people who brought Confederate flags in there. I mean, the Confederacy. That's true. Was, yeah, that's been mentioned, and I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. But to me, just the whole idea that that you know, there's our person. You know, there's Trump, and and yeah. and that's you keep saying democracy is at, at risk. Yeah, and 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 this is you know when when countries experience coups, when countries lose democracy, more often than not, it's not a political party that does it. It's not a movement that does it. It's a man. And, it's, and to the best of my knowledge, it's never been a woman, but it is a man. It is a, it is a power-seeking, megalomaniac, sociopathic um, narcissist who, who, you know, claims that, you know, I alone can fix things and, you know, put, you can put everything in my hands and I will take care of all this. And, uh, you know, spot on, uh, Sharon, thank you for the call. Um, and, and they will replace the country's flag with their own flag if, if, if given an opportunity. And certainly that's, that, you know, that's what we saw on January 6th. Joan in Rochester, Minnesota. Hey, Joan, thanks for watching us on Free Speech. What's up? 
wouldn't miss it. Well, I really have two points, but I want to bring up one point that never seems to get spoken when they're talking about Social Security. Mm-hmm. People pay in like a savings account to the government as their banker for Social Security. And it is also kept to date because there are many people who pay Social Security for years and years and years and pass away and never use one penny and all that money goes in and funds the fund that comes to the people when they retire, which I don't think is socialism. And the second uh, thing I wanted to bring up is a Quite a few years ago, when uh, Sessions, Jeff Sessions was running the the Congress or whatever, the Department of Justice, or Justice. oh, when he was they a he was a senator from from Alabama, yeah. I think. Senator, for years. Yeah. yeah. They passed they passed the Senate under his uh, auspices a retirement package to the. Uh, Congress or Justice or whomever, of $185,000 a year retirement, whether you were in the services of the country for two years or 20 years, at which time a lot of the senators and congressmen or whatever left the the services. Now, how is that less of of a, a social program than Social Security that helps millions of people and a a, pro, a program that pays people big money. They don't. They they would never have. I would never have to go to work again. Neither would anybody else at one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars a year. Now, yeah. do you know? I only heard that once. Do you know that that's a fact? Uh, I believe it is. I'm I'm not certain. I know that Congress has a very generous uh, retirement package. I know that the longer you're there, the the bigger it gets. Um, but the exact amounts of it, the details of it, I don't know, and I don't know what Jeff Sessions had to do with it. But uh, bottom line is, yeah, Congress has taken care of itself. It shouldn't surprise us. Joan, thank you for the call. Laurie in Ocala, Florida. Hey, Laurie, what's on your mind today? As a Canadian citizen turned American citizen, I often find myself talking to my relatives about health care and explaining how much it costs. And they are exacerbated. They say, Lori, that's extortion. And literally, in every other country, developed country, it is extortion. So I think the word bribery is something we all understand, and, and they should be called out for being bribed. But we are being extorted for our health care. That should be a basic Right. Well, we're being robbed. <laughs> I'd go along with that characterization. I mean, you know, I, I, I think we're being robbed blind. Uh, you know, well, your your health kit, your health, or your money, or your money, yeah, or you don't get health, and it's really something that other countries don't expect. I mean, no. we're not other talking about a nip and a tuck. Yeah, right. So we, I think, let's use better words than just bribery. You know, we are being extorted, and it's not its not equal, and it's not fair. Yeah, I'm with you. Patricia, in Tuxedo, Tuxedo, New York? Yep, Tuxedo, New York. Holy cow, I, I didn't know a town named Tuxedo even existed. That's the Tuxedo was invented, actually. Oh, really? That's another story, though. So the Tuxedo is yes, named after your town. In the 1800s. Wow. Uh, Pierre Lorillard's son came to the fall ball, and uh, he cut off the long, this is the lore anyway, uh, cut off the tails, and it became the tuxedo. How about that? 
Well, so what's on your mind, Patricia? Anyway, I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think it's a coincidence that the Supreme Court um, is uh, uh, announcing the decision on abortion and uh, the New York State gun law at the same on the same week that the six uh, January 6th Commission is sharing its findings? Well, uh, first of all, the January 6th Commission's findings are going to happen over a couple of week period. And secondly, we're not sure when the Supreme Court is going to drop that. I was speculating that maybe they postponed it to tomorrow because the court was going to drop a decision, but nobody really knows right now, Patricia. Oh, okay. It'll be I sometime before you. the end of the month. I mean, the, the end of the month is when their term ends, and sometimes uh -huh. their most incendiary decisions are dropped, you know, as they're on their way out of town. Um, and But nobody knows for sure. I see. I thought maybe they were dropping it um, at the same time as the 1-6 committee to just to... No. Create, uh, yeah, I, no, probably not. I, I doubt they're they're trying to play publicity games or or grab coverage. But uh, and in fact, I think, frankly, uh, given how you know the blowback that they've gotten, that they probably would prefer not to get the coverage. But we'll see, we'll see. But okay. uh, Patricia, right. you, you know, you think like I do. You know, <laughs> what are these people up to now? <laughs> right. I appreciate I the call. Thank you very much, Jen in Webster, New York. Hey, Jen, what's up uh, with you? What's hey, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. I'm sure. um, just calling because I heard a gentleman call you earlier and ask if you could give him any advice about how to go about switching from um, Medicare Advantage to a Medigap policy. Right. And I totally related to that guy because it took me a year. Really? Uh, the better part of a year to try to figure it all out. I think it's, it's uh, specifically and purposefully confusing for anybody to um, come to that decision. So tell there's, us what you learned. Not a lot of, um, well, I learned a lot from you, from listening to your program and your book, uh, The Hidden History of American Healthcare. And also, I ended up having specific questions that I was having trouble getting answers to because it is so complicated. There's so many variables involved, depending on each person's situation mm -hmm. and which policy might be best for you if you do want to switch to a Medigap policy instead of a Medicare Advantage. So I ended up getting on YouTube, and I found a couple of providers that did some excellent videos um, specific to each issue, hmm. which made it so much easier for me to get each of my questions answered. And I just had a legal pad, and I was had my questions written down, and I'd look for the specific um, subject matter in each of the videos that they had. And that's how I ended up coming to my own decision about um, which policy would be best for me. And my husband also got a policy himself. Mm -hmm. So that was... Um, it was a godsend to find that because they could actually, in lay terms, answer your questions and, and how oh, that's each great. decision might affect I ended your... up with the, with the plan G. What did, what did you end up with? My husband has a plan F high deductible, and I have a G high deductible. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And the deductible is much lower than the Medicare Advantage deductible. Yeah. And I'm finding my out-of-pocket is already reduced. I've only been on it for a few months. Had some minor surgery. My husband has had... You know, his, his, he's not. We're both, thank God, in good health, so mm -hmm. we don't go to the doctor that often. But I've I've noticed that our out of pocket monthlies are much less, even with the deductible, because Medicare still pays eighty percent. Right. And in some cases, they pay the whole thing with the doctor request. Yep. But the two the two things that I found, if you want me to give you a couple of sure. uh, um, specifics, there's one. Her name is Stephanie Apt. It's A B is in boy T. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other one is a Medigap 
www.metagapseminars.org. Oh, interesting. And, and it's all yeah, about and how to pick the right Metagap program. Huh. It is. And they go so far. This is the answer specifically to that gentleman's question because he didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. They go so far as to help you sign up. Wow, that's great. Which yeah. They did that all on the phone and online with me. So it was it was very helpful. So if anybody uh, hears that and they'd like to check that out, I would highly recommend at least to get your your questions answered. Yeah, what Louise and I did, my, my brother-in-law, I'm two years older than Louise. My brother-in-law is a few months older than me. Uh, Louise's mm -hmm. brother and so he went through this before we did he hit 65 before we did and so and he's retired he's a retired sea captain and so he had the time and he just did a whole deep dive sort of like what you're describing and ended yep. up saying okay this is the company and this is the plan and this is what I'm getting and you guys should too and so we just did you know, <laughs> just, you know just, good for him yeah boy that's a yeah. big help everybody needs a, a smart brother-in-law so yeah yeah well, Jen, I'm trying to pass the word on but it's so it's so difficult for people to come to that realization because they're bombarded with these television programs the um, commercials saying get everything you deserve and all this yeah I know. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the insurance company. It's nuts. Yeah. So anyway, you're right. Hopefully that'll help out. Okay. Well, Jim, thank you. Thanks for sharing that Thank's with us. True. I appreciate it. MJ in Seattle. Hey, MJ, what's on your mind today? Oh, I'm calling because you um, talked about that story from Poland where the woman died um, because the the baby uh, couldn't be couldn't be aborted. Correct. And she was, and, and I want to talk about a time in, uh, this must have been, well, it was definitely before Roe v. Wade. I, I had a cousin. I hadn't known this cousin, but I, I traveled to California. This was told to me by her mother, my, my dad's first cousin. And she uh, had been, she was pregnant in the late uh, 60s, early 70s. And, and I just kind of did a little research myself before I called to find out. I hadn't heard that uh, there were places in California where um, there were demonstrators, pro-life demonstrators, kind of surrounding hospitals night and day. Mm -hmm. And it may, it may have been a program that California put in place where um, they kept track of how many women were dying from self-induced um, abortion. Mm -hmm. And it was running into 35 in a year that they could that they could determine and and so they put together a fund to help uh, people who needed fu funding to have medically necessary abortions so uh, this is this is like family lore hits fact okay mm. but this, the the lore is that um, my cousin my my first cousin told me this uh, and she was very serious about it because it, it affected her life a lot uh, uh, her, her daughter had gotten pregnant. She'd been married, uh, a really uh, exciting, wonderful, romantic situation with, uh, with her young man. They were pleased to welcome the baby, and uh, the baby was just about full term when she was changing a light bulb in the kitchen and fell, and the baby died. So they knew the, the baby inside her. Yes, in utero. Yeah. That's right. And so uh, she she was at the hospital, and um, and that uh, this was a hospital that had demonstrators there, mm -hmm. and uh, the doctor uh, just the the ho hospital refused to 
um, to do an abortion you know, and remove that dead baby. Relieve her yeah. of the yeah of the dead baby. Yeah. And so as time went on, that that tissue became necrotic, and and she had a terrible infection. This went on for weeks. She was in a situation where she was begging to be. Was she in a Catholic um, hospital? Because the Catholic hospitals, I mean, typically they just offload people to, to non-Catholic hospitals because they won't do that. They Typically they won't do abortions, even uh, in some cases, even when the woman's life is at risk because you know, there are I, other I options. Yeah, I, I was I was talking to her mother, and I'm sure that it sounded like uh, she was right with with her. She was there, uh-huh. and there evidently there weren't, uh, there weren't other options. Th- this was something that was going on. Right. Uh, so did she survive? Out of city. Let, let's say let's say San Francisco. Uh-huh. Well, she she did survive, but she she was never the she was not the same person. Yeah. She um, the infection was so bad that she uh, that uh, she lost a relationship with her young man. She oh, could my. she could not have. She could not have uh, sexual relations again. It was just too too painful. Wow. It, it was really, really messed up her life, and uh, it was an incredibly sad thing to hear. Yeah. MJ, thanks for sharing the story. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to hear more and more of these. Thank you very much, MJ. We're going to hear more and more of these kind of stories if the Supreme Court rules the way that we all think they are going to. Kathy in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Kathy, what's on your mind today? I was listening to stuff last night. They were talking about wire fraud, Trump bogus charity, uh, pardon me, fundraising thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I was thinking about mail fraud. If you got time, I can tell you how I thought of that. But I started looking more stuff up about it. I knew a little bit about it. And it's absolutely amazing. It's called the prosecutor's best friend because it can be used in place of or attached to other things to make their case and it's apparently very easy to uh, to prove for some reason yeah mail fraud is a federal crime that, that's what they busted Steve Bannon for Steve Bannon was looking yeah. at years in prison uh, you know f- yeah. because they collected all this money the millions of dollars to build a wall on the southern border and instead just gave it to themselves and uh, yeah. Trump pardoned him, which is the only reason Steve Bannon's running around free. For sure. And uh, I read this one re- in- interesting thing where uh, it can also be subject to a charge of racketeering, you know, under RICO. Yep. If, if the defendant acted in concert with anyone else, and that can bring on a whole lot more grief and punishment and fines. You're talking 20, 30 years, millions of dollars. I mean, it's, it's a big deal, and it's underrated. So if anything goes in the either the—the uh, the other thing is that either U.S. mail or any other delivery system, like FedEx or whatever, it would still be— uh, mail fraud. So I think they really ought to look into that. I'll oh, that's interesting. The, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would I love to see it. So it doesn't have to go through the post office. I thought it did. That's that's no. fascinating. Any any yeah, of the delivery services. I, huh. I'll send you two, I'll send you two links on that. One was on Find Law, and then the other one was on CriminalDefenseLawyer.com, which was very uh, that one particular is very expansive great, about great. How, how the prosecutor. Well, Kathy, just them. just tweet them to me, and I'll I'll check it out. Kathy, thank you so much for the call, and thanks for the information. Kelly in San Jose, California. Hey, Kelly, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. Um, Medicare Advantage. Okay. Medicare. I'm a licensed Medicare broker agent, California and Arizona. 
uh, also working on Oregon. When you switch from an Advantage plan to a Medigap, Medicare supplement, be careful. There's certain timing and requirements because you can lose your prescription drug coverage by mm. disenrolling. So there, and also you might have to go through medical underwriting if you don't get in in the initial period or if you have a special election period. So it's timing's really critical. So don't make any moves until you learn the facts. The other thing, I had no clue about the advantage scams until you said you published that. I read your piece. I've been doing so much research. They've just increased what they pay Medicare agents on advantage plans in the state of California. They increased it. So they're giving us incentives to sell those plans. And now that I know a lot of the truth, it's like, oh my God, you know, there's some good plans here. We got great plans. But now I know what's going on. Yeah, some of the HMOs are not terrible. Model. Yeah, the Advantage plans from, yeah, from Kaiser, for example, are, are, are pretty reasonable if you're going to stay in that area. Yep. And it's, it's specific. It's carrier-based, and they'll pull out of an area if there are not enough enrollees. But the other issue is that I think if Medicare agents and brokers realize by putting everybody in these Advantage plans, your residual income over time from keeping your clients if Medicare goes broke in seven to 10 years, as some of the predictions are, if everybody's on advantage, there's gonna be no more commissions. All those residuals you've worked 15, 20 years for to keep your clients, those will go away because they won't need you anymore. Yeah, so isn't, isn't it amazing? You need to wake up. Yeah, isn't it amazing that there's an industry to sell a product that competes with Medicare? I, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's like, I get, you know, the, the Medigap plans and things like that, but um, it, the, there's so much money sloshing around in this business. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Kelly, thank you. Thanks for being an honest broker. Good on you. Thank you so much. Don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us pitching in, all of us being part of it. So get out there, get active. There's so many things that you can do. So many things you can do. So check it out and get active. Tag your it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.